Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast for your engaged in the Game Pass collection, bringing three unique perspectives from varying skill range. I will be the speedrunner of this episode. Andrew, with me, the guy who always does a normal run. Keith. Hello. And the one who always ends up falling in the spikes, Liz. Hey, guys. And this week, we, of course, did Ori and the Will, and the Will of the Wisps. The Wisps. <laughs> I was, was going to call it the Blind Forest, because I was like, that's the first one. We did Ori and the Will of the Wisps by <laughs> Moon Studio. So this game, if you obviously have been listening to us, we did the first game, so it is still essentially the same thing. It's a 2D platformer action game where you are essentially just running and dodging all sorts of hazardous traps, and as you progress, you're getting more abilities that just help you traverse a lot more smoothly. And in this one, it's a lot more focused on combat too, which is which was a really nice touch, but we'll be getting into that. But going around, since this was my pick, I mean, I feel like this was going to be all of our picks, but... This is most definitely a game. This is a must game. I could not wait for this game, and I think it fully lived up to the hype. So, yeah, this is a definite game for me. Same here. I've been waiting for this game since we played the first one, because that was when I played it the first time. And, yep, loved it. Must game. It's a game for me. (laughs) Well, you're clearly the enthusiastic one here, Liz. Well, it's not a must game, but it's... I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it's just like an enchanting game, I think. It's, you know, it's beautiful and wonderful, and I liked it, but there are a lot of things that I kind of didn't, so we'll get into it. (laughs) So, starting off with the story, I wanted to ask you guys, granted this question is going to be kind of hard to ask you guys because we've all played it, but I want to ask, do you think you need to play the first story to play this one? No. No, I don't think so. I think it helps a lot because it makes it all that much more meaningful but outside of that you can absolutely play it alone i agree because i was trying to think like obviously the game starts with kind of where it left off in the last one you know you and your friends are kind of living in a nice happy home so obviously if you want to have a closer connection with these characters and kind of what's going on i would say play the first but this really much is its very own story and it also gives you the feels that you would get even if you didn't play the original. Oh, yeah. Like, I joked last game that I was a sociopath, but this game I was like, oh my gosh, save him! <laughs> I I mean, I kind of wish we played Guards Between. After playing such a relaxing game as Guards Between, this one, it breaks your heart so badly. I'm generally not too much of an emotional person, but this game hasn't made me feel... The last time I felt this much is when I played uh, The Telltale's Walking Dead Season 1. And for the most part, that game, it was just kind of like a couple of moments. This game, I felt like it was its entirety. It's just so heartbreaking and gut-wrenching, but in such a good way. This game, it doesn't have a lot of narrative. There's not a lot of talking. The only talking is just garbles. Which the fact that you get so invested in the characters and there's like no talking between them says a lot about how they created this. Yes. One thing I did like about it, though, actually, is... Like, proper nouns, I think, is what it was. It tended to just say the actual thing. So there was a a weird element where you could understand the dialogue, but all in all, yeah, it was just garbled nonsense in subtitles. Yeah, I I see what you're saying. Like, when they were kind of just, like, talking, you could kind of hear some of, like, a little bit what they're trying to say, which I thought was a really cool touch. But as I was saying, like, even though there's not a lot of talking, I think just the music in this game conveys it so well that it just plays with the story in such a meaningful way. When Ori yells out, it's like, oh my god. (laughs) 
I feel like if you love animals, even though like they're obviously not dogs and cats and stuff, but I feel like well, animal monkeys. lovers, yeah, will love this game. Like Ori, you just want to hug the entire time. You just want to be like, let me help you. Yeah, they did. The character designs are fantastic in this game. They're just so adorable, and like it's so weird to how awful you kind of feel playing this game because <laughs> it looks super bright cute characters you're like oh this must be a joyous game and it's like no it's really sad obviously we don't want to give too much away with the story because i feel like it's nice to see it as it unfolds yeah yeah i will say the game pass twitter account which i follow pretty regularly obviously i guess they were hinting very long that this game was going to make you feel some things so i knew going into it and i don't so i don't think we're spoiling too much but yeah i agree do you think the story was better than the first one? Yes. yes. Now, there's a couple issues I have a little bit with the story, or some things I wish were a little better. So this game adds a whole bunch of new NPCs in this world that you're interacting with. They give you side quests. Some of them are shopkeepers where you can buy either upgrades or maps. So there's a lot of these new characters, and a lot of them I, I really loved. But there wasn't much story with them. Like I, I felt like they were kind of hinting and trying to build up to some but they never really did. Like, they kept talking about how there was a um, a companion ship or, like, a partnership with the bird talk and the worm guy who gave you the maps. They used to be partners at some point. But you never really kind of learn their history or you never really help them make amends. So that was one thing I was kind of disappointed. I was really hoping they would delve into these characters that they made that were really interesting. But I also but, feel like he's in this new land and he's just focusing on finding his friend. So if you were in that situation, you wouldn't really be getting to know people. So for me, I kind of just took it as, as that. Yeah, but I was hoping the side quest would help open some stories oh, with that. Oh, I see what, what I'm saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I wasn't expecting on like going these huge, like their stories be part of the main story. I just wanted to know a little bit more about them. And then the other thing that was kind of an issue, it's kind of a plot hole for me that I didn't quite get. And that is the decay in the game. So in the first Ori, the whole darkness that's going on is being brought on by the owl, like the main antagonist in the game. But in this one, the antagonist is more just another creature in the forest. And it's not actually bringing any sort of decay or destruction. It just it just doesn't want to be a part of what's going on. It doesn't want to help. So I didn't quite understand what this decay was and like why it was destroying some people and others it wasn't. Because not to get into too much spoilers, but to find out what happened to the history of the antagonist, it doesn't say what happened, but there was some sort of cataclysmic event, but they don't really explain what it was. So to me, it was just a little confusing. And I couldn't figure out what the decay was. I'm assuming it was the like goop that you saw, and if you touched, you instantly died. But it didn't explain how like people were getting petrified. I don't know. I, to me, I just didn't think they explained the, the decay that was destroying the forest in the game, which is kind of, I, I wanted to know more about. But besides that, it was just a minor gripe. Overall, I think the story is so good. This is where I, I, I do myself so much justice by paying just enough attention to the story, because this game had it had me more than most games do. And I, I definitely followed along with everything, but I didn't pick it apart. So kind of missed what you're talking about i guess i just assumed honestly the way the game finishes again without spoilers i don't know if this is but i just feel like it's a cyclical story is what they're going with and yeah you know in a sense the decay was just something that happens 
So it didn't need an explanation, I don't think. That's but you don't really find it until you beat it. So that's where I, as I said, I'm, I'm really making an assumption, obviously. But that was the way I took it. Yeah, I mean, that's what I kind of assumed. But, like, at least in some areas, you could see there was, like, a cataclysmic event. And, like, that's what I kind of want to know. Like, what happened that, like, these fields look the way they do? I don't know. For me, I just love the environments of this game so much. I just wanted more. <laughs> it's just, this isn't really a complaint. It's just me being greedy. I just, I wanted more of this game. I loved it so much. No. Like a graphic novel would be really cool to have alongside this. Yeah. I would, I would pick that up. That would actually be really interesting. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I took a little longer to beat the game than maybe I needed to. Because I, I love just collecting side things. So I'll get sidetracked for way long on those things for one aspect. But at the same time, I did feel like this one was a little harder in certain aspects. Not a lot. And not enough that it made me complain because it also was easier in other aspects. But all in all... Yeah, I got to the end of it, and I, I just want more. Yeah, I, I hope they come up with an expansion or two. Yeah, and I would love an expansion, because I think this world they have right now is awesome. And I love the characters they've built, and there's just so much space for opportunity. So yeah, I agree, expansions would be good in the meantime. Because I don't think we're getting a new one for a while, if we are. See, I kind of got burnt out. Because I put so many hours into this game, and every once in a while I'd get stuck and be like, where am I supposed to go? And the fast travel was was good, but I kept going over the areas so much because I was like, I can't find any place to go. And this happened in the first Ori, like, okay, I suck at the Ori games, I get it. But for me, <laughs> it's like, something like me needed more, because I understand why they have limited fast travel, because you're killing enemies, you're getting coins and all that, but I was killing so many enemies, I had so much money, because I was just going back and forth, trying to figure out where I'm going to go, but I did think that this game, playability-wise, it was a lot easier than the first, like, I went right into this game, and I'd say, like, the first, like, 10 hours, like, I was, like, loving it. I do wish you got some of the abilities sooner, and I was kind of bummed that, like, I didn't get stomp and I put so many hours into the game. I'm like, is there no stomp? It looked like there was. So I kept trying to find people to give me it. Do you want to give her your hot tip, Keith? Yeah, I was, I was a little bit confused about the stomp aspect, but I can ask that after. So funny thing is actually Liz, is I figured out about halfway through that this fast travel is so much more improved from the first Ori. You can actually fast travel to any one of the... Are they fountains? Or just fast travel yeah. spots, whatever they are. Yeah, in, the fountains. Yeah, in the first game, you had to be at one of those points to travel to the, to another one, which I think is actually a little more balanced, to be honest. But this map is so big that once I figured out I could just fast travel to any one of those points, aside from, I believe, in combat or if you're near a collectible point, Someone can fact check me on that. Yeah. But... Oh, that makes me mad. I played through the entire yeah. game not realizing that you could fast travel at any point that you've gone to before. Because there's like, in this game, there's kind of a hub world where th that you're trying to build up. It's a sanctuary that you're trying to build for the animals. And so obviously this is where all the shopkeepers are, where a lot of the side quests go. And it was kind of, it was a little bit of a hassle to get to sometimes. It's kind of in the center of the map. But, yeah, once I already beat the game, Keith is just like, yeah, you could just fast travel to any point without being on a shrine. It's like, oh, my God. It's like if I knew that earlier, that would have made it so much easier. 
So there's a hot tip for you. Yeah. Oh Question gosh. about the stomp, though. Don't you yeah. just, like, the, the hammer where you can smash the ground? Isn't that what's stomp, or is there a difference? Yeah, no, that's, so in the first one, I don't know if you remember, but you could actually do a ground pound in the first Ori, and that's how you broke some of the ground. So this game is more focused on combat, and there's five different attacks you start off with that you can get. And some of them actually have unique abilities to them. So yeah, the hammer is the the way how you are, are able to destroy the ground, the breakable ground. Oh. Or so the light spear. The light spear also works as well when you upgrade it. I thought it was an ability that you got, like the double jump and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I thought it was too, but I beat through the game and I was like, no, I never got the stomp. You beat the game before you got that? That was one of the first we- weapons I got because I looked at the hammer and I thought, I bet you that might be a way to get through those things. So I just bought it. So uh, that was your starting weapon, Keith, was the hammer. Mine was the boomerang. I went for the boomerang because I was like, oh, okay, this sounds like something you could be kind of fast and agile with. Just throw it to somebody and it'll come back to you. Which I think the boomerang is fantastic against bosses because when you upgrade the boomerang, you can actually stop the boomerang in midair and it just spins. And it was really good against bosses because I would just throw it on a boss and have it stay on the boss and it just drained their health. I never got the boomerang. So what was your starting ability? You told me to get the butterfly, and I regretted it. Why? And then I leveled that up, and then I went to the fire, and I thought that one was lame. The fire I thought was lame, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I That one I got very late in the game. I wish I picked the spear. Uh, after I beat the game and I'm doing the collectibles, I grabbed the spear, and the spear is really good. It's expensive to use, but it's a lot of fun. Did you guys think overall that this game was easier? Because I don't know if it was just because... I hadn't played as many video games when I did Ori, the first one, but I felt like everything was just easier. The jumping and bouncing off of things, even using the enemies to throw myself, I just felt like it was just so much smoother. And I'm like, is that just because I've been playing more video games? I think it's because you played the first Ori. Oh. Mm-hmm. And you understood the mechanics. That's the only thing. I don't think you need to play the first Ori for the story, but I think you need to play the first Ori to learn how the game plays. Because some of the abilities you get, when you start the game, it does give you a handful of abilities that you had in the first ones. Like your air dash, your ability to jump off of light and off of enemies. Like some of these basic abilities, those were in the first story. So like, I think that's why it just kind of felt easier because you already knew these abilities. You played in the first one. Yeah, I just love too that they give you things that make it easier, but you don't need them. So for instance, the triple jump. Someone who isn't as good, like that was great for yeah, me. Yeah, I love the triple I would, jump. Yeah, I would use that and the dash because you can do the triple jump and the dash, and it just makes it so much easier. Especially because I was just always falling into that decay thing that you're talking about. And then of course there's the things that you can equip, like the thorns, so you you deal damage back to an enemy. Uh, you get more damage from melee attacks, like different things that you can equip. And I think when I stopped playing, I had like four or five slots that I could choose from different ones. So I thought that was great too. Yeah, I think the final loadout is like nine maybe oh, of wow. slots. Yeah, I believe get. so. Yeah, you you end up with a ton of them. And so, yeah, it that's the, the thing about Will of the Wisps that I loved so much. Not over Blind Forest, but I think it was just such a great improvement was that they added those features because it was just so customizable. Like, yeah. To your point, Liz, you could play it to your style. If you're really good with your timing and all of your jumps and all that, you don't really need triple jump other than maybe a few select spots. The customization of this game, I loved. It was really cool, like, picking these perks. Like, I always did the perk of 
you do 35% more damage, but you take 35% more damage. I knew you would do the ballsy one. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I always love doing the ones. There was a couple that are like a trade-off. And I, I enjoyed those because it kept me on my toes. Now, this game was a bit more focused on combat, but I still kind of wish there was a little more combat. I actually felt like there was less enemy types in this game. Yeah, they were pretty generic and not a lot of variety now that I think about it. Yeah, you had just your handful of flyers and your handful of ground guys. You have your same slimes that were like crawling on the walls. But yeah, the, the enemy types, I, I didn't think were too varied. Yeah, and they kind of just reskinned a couple of them too. Where, they gave them okay. new abilities, yeah. There was one that looked like a squirrel. The one that did the fire. Yeah, that would like ground pound and then they do a wave of fire. Yeah, and the bomb ones. But yeah, they weren't very unique. I agree with that. It's weird because where the game was easier was one of my least favorite things about the game, or maybe not least favorite. The things that really made me want to throw my controller across the room were the end of scene sequences, I guess, or you know, however oh, the end and act. Yeah, oh, the my chase gosh. scenes. Those the ones. I love the them. worst. They're my favorite and they and I hate them because they can just be so infuriating. Andrew heard me last night trying to beat the last one. <laughs> it was it was a rough experience. But at the same time, when you beat them, they're so gratifying. Oh, it, yeah. it just feels so good when you finish. Because like, you have to do a perfect run. There's no checkpoints. Yeah, they're they're precision based, and it's it really requires perfection. So when you get it done, it actually is just so gratifying that you completed it. But they were actually a lot easier in in Will of the Wisps, I thought. So I don't know if I hate that, but I kind of don't know if I like it either. Yeah, with the chase scenes, I got more patient. With the first one, I hated having to redo things over and over and over again. This time, I didn't mind, but I did mind the chase scenes because I don't like that one little hiccup and you have to start all over. And with the first one, I ended up, I was so close to the end and I died and I was like, Andrew, just take the controller. (laughs) And then he did it. Was that the, oh, the watermill? Yes, I was, I was towards the end and I died and I just, I have no... Patient. This is the same with what are the oh what are those scenes where quick time events? Yes, it's the same thing. They drive me nuts. And when I got to my second long run chase scene, I was just like, I'm I'm done. Like I I don't want to do this. And for me, that was the big downfall for the game. That was my number one dislike. And it's just personal preference. But I I was kind of done with the game after that. See, I loved loved the chase scenes. For me, I wish there was more of them. They actually did add a bit more. So you have the the mandatory ones that you get normally around the bosses, but there was also some speed trials in the game as well, where you would have to find the starting point, the finish line, and then you would you would race a ghost. And it, they were such a kind of the same thing where you would basically have to do a sequence and do it flawlessly, and then you get rewarded. But I loved the chase scenes with the bosses because they're just so well designed of like the cinematography of it, just like how things are just breaking. And how the course is changing in front of you as you're running through it. They're just so nicely done. And they make you Yeah, and they make you feel so good when you beat it. When you go through that whole sequence flawlessly and you get to the end, it's like, oh, it makes you feel so good. Because it it ends up being like two minutes, I think, in some cases with those. At least maybe the last one. Yeah, they're generally not long. The the second to last one was the longest. But here's the thing. Two minutes is a lot longer than you realize. Yeah. When you're just anxious because you've on your 10th try of it and you've gotten to the last part of it 
you know everything you need to do. You just, you know, your thumb falls off the stick. And, well, there goes that run. So, yeah, they're great as much as I hate them. I, so, I, th- like, that's the type of thing in a game that I won't let the difficulty impact how I like it. Some things I will, not that one. What did you guys think of the boss fights? So the boss fights are new in this game. Did you guys actually think they were a good like addition to the game? Well, I played on easy, and I think I did the first one without dying. I think I beat him like the first go. So I don't know about you guys. Do you guys play on easy? I played on normal. I kind of wish I did hard. I'll probably actually play it again on hard because I, I want to keep playing this game. I did normal as well. All in all, I really liked the bosses, but yeah, I will say I struggled with the Luma Pools boss because, which I I don't know if it's the first boss. It was the first one I did. That's well, all. Well, depends where you get you you pick which way you want to go. So he was he ended up being my first too. Well, either way, it was a struggle city for me. I quit and came back maybe twice. Actually, I went and like got stronger and all kinds of different stuff. But after that, it was pretty smooth sailing. This game has like a weird snowball effect where it seems a little bit slow at first, but all of a sudden as you get skills, you just roll along and it feels nice. Yeah, as soon as you get skills or health, I, I feel like your mm. health grows in this game really quickly. Yeah, I feel like they give you a lot more life cells in this one. Yeah, and well, they also give you the ability now where you can actually regenerate your health, which was really helpful, especially during the boss fights. Yeah. Uh, one of the nice new features they have in this game is just by pressing left trigger, you can quickly switch your abilities. Since you have numerous abilities and attacks in this game, it's just this really simple feature of just left trigger, quickly change some of your abilities and play with them for a bit and quickly change them again. So yeah, during a boss fight, I would always have like my boomerang out, my arrow would take some pot shots, and if I got low, quickly select the healing, heal up, and go back to like my combat. So I, I love the kind of the quick pace of being able to switch your abilities. Well, yeah, because I found, too, is the way this game does everything, the boss fights change as you go through them. Yeah. And halfway through the fight, it changes. And so you just need a whole entirely different skill set. Like Maybe you can't heal anymore because there's no flat spots to actually stand on. So it was a really cool feature for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. Especially because, I mean, I died quite a bit. Having that heal that you can just run back to, it kind of feels like a cheat, but... Not really. I sometimes felt like it was too. Yeah. <laughs> when I was like getting low from a boss and it's like, oh, no, I'm full health. I thought it was clever that I was like, oh, I'm going to switch this temporarily. And then you're just like, yeah, I've been doing that too. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're thinking more strategic. like. But that's, that's good. why with the map, I was trying to find the energy cell. Because I thought like having energy was the best. I mean, obviously the health was super beneficial. But with the energy, you can help your health and you can... You know, do a lot of your attacks. But the next thing I really want to talk about is the environments of this game. So as Keith was saying, this game kind of gives you like a lot more choices with your customization stuff. As you're playing through this game, you're like, oh, cool. I think I know what I'm doing. And then it's like, yeah, now go collect the four wisps. Like to me, that actually felt like when the game was starting. And that was like two hours in the game. I was waiting for an opening cutscene, and I was going to quit the game. Because if it had done that to me, like, three hours in, I, I would have been so mad. It was way more than three hours for me. Yeah. And so, but it's, I like that it did that because, like, so then it was like, you need to collect these wisps. And there's no set order you have to do. 
So, like, it would show you the locations of them. There's one in the Luna Pools, one, like, underground, one in the desert. So you had your choice of where you could go. So me and Keith ended up going to the Luna Pools first. I think, Liz, you... Where did you go? To the east. Are you saying Luma or Luna? I thought it was Luna Pools, wasn't it? Luma. Luma. Oh. Whatever. <laughs> it's close enough. But, yeah, I like that they kind of gave you this free choice of what you wanted to do. And I thought all the environments were very unique with each other, and they all kind of had their own strategies to it. So the Luma Pools, of course, is a bunch of water. So you end up getting a water ability there, which is a lot of fun. To the east is a desert, so you kind of get the sand ability. In the south, you go to the burrows, which I thought the burrows was most infuriating, but I thought probably the most gorgeous environment. The burrows was just obviously caves, but it's run over by spiders and... It's just filled with a bunch of insect carcasses. And in the background, you see them twitching. And the spikes were actually just the dried up carapaces of dead insects. And I thought the design of it was really cool. But it was also frustrating because it was also really dark. And if you stay in the darkness too long, you died. So obviously, if you played the first Ori, they do just use a lot of mechanics from the first one. Which isn't a bad thing, but it wasn't too unique on some of the stuff. But they still had the aspect of, a lot of times I didn't know if I was meant to do something. So for instance, I went to the Luma Pools before I was supposed to. Yeah, I, I did like, too at first. Crap. So for me, there were certain things that I was like, do I need an ability for this or am I just being an idiot? And that happened to me a lot. <laughs> I think there was enough crossover from the first game that I felt like I could get a, or get a good feel for it pretty quickly if I was or wasn't supposed to be able to go somewhere. But yeah, it was a weird feeling in this game where you could half get a lot of places. And yeah, I, I just like, it was confusing. I'm glad that it was similar to the first though. Well, it should be for the most part. Not a lot of games I don't think are going to switch over. But yeah, I I think the balance of it was a little weird though. Because I think the fire orb, you got really late in this game where I thought I got it really early in Blind Forest. Am I wrong? I um, I think you got it like midway. Well, once again, you could have gone to the mountaintop area and got the fire orb early. That could have been your first area. That's a good point. Because yeah, you just needed the feather to access that area. So like that's what's kind of nice about the customization of this game. And you could actually have more free will with your choices, which I liked. Well that was discombobulating when you're with the bird, like before you got the feather again, going from the abilities that you have and then having to switch over and not being able to oh, do melee and The stuff. little segment where you're writing coup. Yeah. It was a little, it, it threw me off a bit too because I didn't know how to attack and then I figured out, oh, Ori can shoot arrows on the back while Ku can flap. So what I found was weird about that is it gives you that, that dynamic early in the game, or it gives you that mechanic really early in the game, aside from maybe the arrows, I guess. So I thought the gameplay was going to be a lot more of you and Ku interacting, whereas it wasn't. So then when the, when I guess I got it back, I thought that I was going to do it a lot more, and again, was not. So I'm glad there wasn't too much of it, because I missed my triple jump. Like I didn't want to float around, I wanted my jumps. <laughs> It would have been, and actually maybe it's a good opportunity for an expansion where they do more of that somehow, 
but they actually focus on giving Ku a bunch of abilities or Ori abilities while you're riding Ku. Something along those lines that it at least is more than just that one thing. Because otherwise, it was kind of boring. Yeah. yeah. Not boring, but not the best part of the game. It's short. Mm-hmm. That's the most you could just say, too, is that it's, it's a short segment. But it, it didn't bother me. It threw me off at first, but where the story brings you to that that part, it's worth it. <laughs> Did you guys notice much of a difference in the graphics yes. from this game? So much. I haven't played the first Ori since we did it for the podcast, and I kind of want to go back, but I immediately saw a difference. I was like, this looks spectacular. Like, it was really, really, really cool. Yeah. The artistry in this game is just so top-notch. There was one part, though, where he's talking to the giant toad, and the toad looks kind of blurry, and I was like, is he supposed to be, like, kind of background? That was my only complaint with the with the graphics. But other than that, I mean, like, I feel like I can't say anything negative. Yeah. I mean, it is a pretty substantial jump. The first Ori came out about five years ago. I mean, we played it, what, yeah, like a year ago now. And even then, when it, the one version we played was the Definitive Edition, so it had a bit of more polish on it. But yeah, this game, of course, is fully done in 4K and HDR. And both me and Liz, oh, and Keith actually played it on. And it is stunning. And, like, there's just a lot of just little details to the graphics. That, like, when you look at, it's really impressive. Like, anytime you splash in the water, you can actually see it ripple through the background, like, into the environment. And with the different diverse biomes in this game, the graphics are just... it's it, This is just such a beautiful game to look at. It so much is. And what it did in the first one, it does so much better in this one. In the way that it takes a 2D environment and gives it a 3D feel. Yeah is incredible i i love everything about the way they do that even to the point where i I can't remember which one of the chase scenes it starts out but there's a rumbling it's like a giant spine of a i don't know some dead animal and it just looked like it was about to fall towards me and it's just such a it was such a cool look to it that i ended up dying the first time because i just sat and looked at it and i was waiting for something (laughs) to happen Nothing happened. Just looked cool. But yeah, I I love the way that they designed this game. And even though I the first one was beautiful, this one's it this blows one's out of water. Yeah, it, yeah. It just doubles like it and like its prettiness. And of course, the thing that was also amazing in their first story is also just so much better in this one, and that is the music. And it was alright. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> like, like, come on. <laughs> There's no way you could not say. I tweeted say. about it. It was magical. It was I awesome. highly recommend you play this game with headphones. Yeah. The orchestral music in this game is so good. This is a soundtrack you could easily just listen to in your car. And everything complements it too. Like the sound of Ori and stuff. I just feel like everything just melds together. Yeah. Quickly. There wasn't like an obnoxious sound going on in the game that would like take you out of the music or anything oh, there like that. There was one voice I hated. I don't remember who it was. I think it was like a... The shard guy? The I, guy who had crystals on him? I might have been. He was just very... Ugh. But I, I feel like I can't even really complain about it because everything else about the noise and music was just spot on. So. Yeah, the music was done actually by the same person who did the music in Ori and the Blind Forest. So it even feels continuous with the first game, which is another thing I like about it. 
but yeah, it's it really is beautiful. I actually the Listen day the game came, <laughs> um, actually, the day it came out, it was a Wednesday, and I was at work. So I put it on my Spotify because it was it. available. I knew it. You did it the first. I knew you listened to it outside of the game. I was just sitting there listening to it at work, and it was amazing, actually. You just it was just nice and peaceful. at your computer. <laughs> no, but I actually got really sad that I couldn't be at home playing it instead and getting the full experience of it, like playing the game along with the music. But, yeah, it's just actually nice, easy listening music. I'm not saying it's, you know summer jam 2020 but it's definitely some great background music to your everyday life pop this in on a road trip head into the beach yeah no everyone's gonna fall asleep and or cry (laughs) but the next segment i want to talk about is of course liz's favorite segment and that is the glitches (laughs) oh yes it is so buggy and it always happens when you're in the middle of a fight it like freezes it is bad right now. I know they'll fix it. In a month, it'll probably all be fixed. But yeah, it, it, this last week has just been so infuriating. So, I didn't think the glitches were as bad as Liz was kind of experienced. Granted, I saw some of the glitches Liz was getting, and it is pretty frustrating. I mean, I was experiencing them. I think the fact that I was playing on a 1X, I think it handled the game a little bit better. Because Liz is playing on a 1S, and it looked like it might have been struggling a little bit from it. But yeah, there was a handful of glitches. I did hear that the PC version is a bit more stable. And they're coming out with more patches for the Xbox version. So if you're listening to this episode in like a month from now, it's probably all fixed and not a big deal. I'm not going to hold a grudge, even though it is freezing a lot. Yeah, it, it didn't take me out of the experience too badly. It was a bit annoying, but luckily none of it was like crashing for me. It didn't crash on me. I did a lot of button smashing. Oh, no, it did It did crash once. It did. But I think that was my fault because I was getting really irritated because it kept happening. And I was just smashing that back button and it crashed on me. <laughs> the most annoying glitch I got was when I would load the game up, it would show, like, the title screen. But it wouldn't say the title screen. And it also wouldn't let me press start or A to start the game. It would just show the picture. And I don't have to completely close the game out and have it reload it. There was one time where you were watching me play and you're like, I feel like you should have gotten that. It was like a jump or something. So there were some times where I'm like, yeah, I definitely did make that. But other times I was like, I jumped on that wall. Like, what the frick? But, you know, that's probably me just being me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to a certain degree, I actually don't think I ran into a lot of issues. I did. I had a couple loading issues. The only one time I've really had a big one was there's a point where you get these little travel portals as a a puzzle, and it put me just inside of a wall, so that was kind of (laughs) cool. But I was able to jump against a bunch of spikes and die, and it was fine. One other time I got really bad, like, uh, choppiness, though. That was the, and actually at different times, I'm hoping they'll patch this too. I don't know how much I'll play this game unless I decide to go back and give myself a real challenge and play it on hard, but it has a real big issue where you can outrun the map yeah. because you put it. I, I did that too, yeah. I'll get to the screen. That and needs to be fixed because that does kind of take you out of the game. You're cruising along and 
you just feel like you're seven years old skipping down the street on a summer day. Everything feels great. <sighs> and then the game just stops. And it's about two seconds, three seconds. And then you go again. It's just, it, it kind of takes you out of it. So I would love to see them fix that for sure. Yeah, I agree. But I will say too, I'd much rather have that than loading screens. And this game has almost yes. no loading screens. And I love, love, love That's that it true. does that. I have a question though. Did you guys ever get stuck in the spikes? Because there was a time that an enemy kicked me into the spikes and I couldn't get out. And I was just watching my health go down and I died. Like, I got stuck uh, yes on and it. no. There was one I time I legitimately them. did get stuck, actually. But also, you don't really get a good jump off the spikes. So you kind of get stuck immediately. That's the point of them, I think. Yeah. No, that's the only time it ever happened to me. I mean, I got thrown into spikes all the time. But I mean, like, legitimately stuck. You Like, I couldn't get out of it. I don't... I can't... I mean, it might have happened, but I can't really think of a moment. Same with, like, I also feel like with collectibles, once you get them, once you die, I feel like it should automatically save the collectible you got. Because there are certain save points, but for me, it sucked when I got something that was super hard to get, and then I died immediately after, and I had to do it again. A good chunk of the time, it does, but I did notice there was sometimes it didn't for me as well. I didn't like the spirit that. Orbs. That is that is one thing I will agree that was really weird, because sometimes it would, sometimes it wouldn't, and I could never really figure out. So yeah, I had to redo a lot of things a lot of times. So even though at the moment this game is a little bit glitchy, it for me it didn't take me out of the experience at all. And I think they're. It's kind of easy fixes. Yeah. It's definitely something that'll just get patched. Like, nothing was game-breaking. It would take me a little bit out of the environment, but I don't know. It it didn't bother me too badly. I just... Because I was enjoying my time so much with this game. So, also, too, if you played the first Ori, you'll kind of expect the same for the achievements. The achievements in this game are very similar to what they were in the first one. You have your handful of skill-based achievements, which I didn't even realize I got them. They're that easy. So... You don't really have to worry about that. And then there's, a, of course, the handful of just progressing through the story. But then since there's obviously a ton of collectibles in this game, there's achievements for collecting everything. Collecting all the hearts, all the health, all the energy, doing all the side quests. I wanted to check. There was one that I definitely got, yes. but it didn't show up. Some of the achievements are glitched. Yeah, and I was really frustrated because I actually worked for that one. Because I was looking at the ones like that you guys got that I didn't. And I was like, I've definitely done that. So I went back, did it again, and I still didn't get it. And I was yep. like... Like, I got the achievement to beat the final boss, but I didn't get the achievement where I beat the game. And I, I, I beat it twice to see if it would, like, go through again. And it never did. And I got, these, I got the achievement of collecting all the collectibles, but I didn't get the achievement for collecting all the energy. And it's like, well, how could I get all the collectibles if I didn't get all the energy? So, yeah, some of the achievements don't fully work. So that is another glitch, too, which is... Hopefully we'll get fixed soon. I'm still... Like, a couple of them I'm not to- entirely sure about. The energy cell one, I'm pretty sure I'm on board with you on. That I don't see any energy cells on my map, and I don't have it. But, again, are you talking about the one that says complete the game, or... Because yeah. I think completing the game and beating the game are different. When For the one I believe that's on hard or under four hours, it says beat the game. So I pretty positive there's a difference between beating and completing the game no you know I mean, what I'm the achievement is listed as beat the game okay 
that, that then that's fine. That's all my question was. Yeah. There is one that says complete the game. game. Yeah. Com- complete the game is different than beat the game. That's my point. Yeah, but but it doesn't take a hundred percent complete the game. Just saying, it's different. Completing the game, that's I'm betting you have to do all the side quests, all the unlocks, everything. Honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if it had you do it in the under four hours. Did you look it up on the online actually? But it said one point seven four percent of gamers unlocked complete the game. Isn't that a lot? Yeah. Not really. At this point, it's a new game. Generally games like this don't get a lot of downloads, I don't think. Not compared to say like Call of Duty Warzone. But how do you complete the whole entire game under four hours? You might be right about having to do 100% the game because 1.74 has maxed out energy achievement and then 1.74 has complete the game. So you might mm-hmm. have to 100% the game to get that achievement. Oh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It That's the type of achievement. It's just it it's a completionist thing. But it's if about that's the doing... case, they should list it as complete the game 100%. I get that. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you on so that. So fix it, Keith. But... I guess get them to change the way the achievements are worded. I don't know. I, I'm just, I, I that was the way I took it, and that's why I didn't think they were necessarily broken. Avoid touching any corrupted water. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, a lot of them are very difficult. That's something about this game that, if we're talking about achievements, I'm taking your segment here, Andrew. This is not a game for achievement hunters, but it is if you're the type of person who wants the achievements for the challenge purpose yes if you think if it's something that you want to say hey i did this it's great for that because a lot of these things are really hard to do but yeah they're very hard to do and you don't get a lot of gamer score in this game not for your time at least yeah so when i first beat the game i beat the game in under 10 hours and i didn't do all the collectibles at the time and i ended at like 200 gamer score but by the end of the game with all the abilities you get you pretty much fly so it's really easy to just go back and get all the collectibles and get all these achievements. So now after I've gotten everything, my gamer score is well over 500. So I yeah, I wouldn't recommend it for achievement hunters. So after collecting everything, I think my total play time is maybe 11 hours. So this game isn't terribly long. I do just wish there was more of it. So getting into our final thoughts, since this was my pick, I cannot recommend this game enough. The only thing I could will say is I guess I can't fully recommend this game for everyone, as you can maybe hear from Liz. Like this game is pretty difficult, and even playing on an easier setting, all it does is make combat easier and makes taking damage from environments less. But it's not like it adds more platforms or reduces the amount of spikes. So the traversal in this game is still the same difficulty. So I guess I wouldn't recommend it for somebody yet who finds this game too difficult but i highly recommend you still try to put the time and the effort because the story is so good just everything in this game is an experience and i loved every minute of it even with the glitches so for me i'm gonna give it a 96 so i'll i'll take up next because i know liz you always just want to go last i do the metacritic (laughs) That's a good point. It's a good segue. It's a great transition. I'm not arguing that. So I really can't reiterate much more what Andrew is saying because I just loved this game top to bottom. I'm only speaking from my own heart. I 
I just think it's an amazing game. And it's weird, though, because I don't know that I can go... Well, no. I can go with a 96. It's just a weird score. I'm giving it a 95. See, I, w- I would give it higher, but I would only give it higher if I could recommend it for everyone. And I couldn't recommend it for everyone. Well, I thought this was like your personal score, what you felt about it. I don't think it's like a perfect game, but... I don't know if there is a perfect game. That's why I don't. I'm never gonna give a hundred. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Put it right here. I'm never giving a hundred, but this game is dang near perfect. Otherwise, you say that now until we play the next pixelated game. Then you're like a hundred. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, with the original Ori, Andrew, you gave that one a ninety-three because you really loved that game, and Keith, you gave it a ninety. I gave the original an eighty. I was a little underwhelmed. This one. I'm going to give a 90. I kind of think it deserves more, but this is just for my personal experience with the game. There are a lot of things that I would change about it, tweak, but overall, I thought it was wonderful. It's an amazing game, but I also just kind of got burned out from it. I didn't want to play anymore, and so yeah, I'm going to give it a 90. But looking at Metacritic, I'm closer, okay? So Xbox... (laughs) 90 and a 9. Like it's a badge of honor. Yeah. It's like uh, Price is Right, you know? PC, 90 and 9.1. And, I mean, everyone's just raving about this game. Everyone just has good things to say about it. And I feel like the only complaint that I really read was that it was buggy. And that's something they can fix. You sound like you were upset that people were raving about it. Are you going to be that one troll from like last week that's like going to give it a low score? Because no. this game shouldn't be perfect. I just feel like all the compliments are the ones that we already gave the game. Like the graphics are amazing. This is amazing. Oh, I'm fairly certain this episode was just Ori and the Blind Forest 2.0. Yeah. I realized that about halfway through that we're basically just saying Ori and the Blind Forest is an amazing game. They improved it and gave it a different story. I mean, don't fix what isn't broken. See, this isn't my I, style I of game that I prefer. So the fact that I'm giving it a 90, I feel like that speaks volumes. Yeah. If you do find this game difficult, I still high rec- highly recommend you like just watch a stream of it or something like that. Cause... Although that's hard because unless you know like a specific point, it's hard to find people. Oh, if, like, I'm thinking if like you're stuck somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard to find where people are at because I did try to look at a walkthrough more than, more than once. It only, <laughs> it only helped me one time. <laughs> If you don't find a YouTube video that has hyperlinks to where in the video you need to be, then you're not watching the right streams, Liz. Oh, yeah, I was just looking at <laughs> random YouTubers. That's just that's just a YouTube tip for you. I that's was all. just going for the ones that had the least amount of commercials because a lot of video game <laughs> YouTubes, a lot of YouTube video game clips have like 50 commercials. Like I want you to get paid, but I can't watch more commercial than gameplay. So for and me, that's why you got to find the ones with the good skips yeah. so you can minimize the ads. Okay. I'm learning. Liz, I'm we'll, learning. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about this off at, offline. We'll get you there. YouTube is very easy to use. Welcome to 2020. <laughs> it's funny because I am on YouTube all the time. Like, Andrew makes fun of me. So the yep. fact that I don't understand video game YouTube. <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna, to... Learn you a whole new world of video game YouTube here. Whole new world. <laughs> well, everyone world. just stopped listening. Good night, everybody. I know. I'm, I'm lost where we are. But yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Game Pass Grab Bag. <laughs>
Your weekly podcast. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you all so much for listening and joining us. I should have a video up for this game as well. So if you want to check out a YouTube video of this game, you can see some of my streams that I did with it. You can find us on YouTube at Game Pass Grab Bag. We are also on Facebook at Game Pass Grab Bag. We are also on Twitter at GPGB Pod. And, or if you want to write us an email, we're at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com. I have been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can follow me on Xbox Live at FireBird01952. Or I have a mixer with the same name. Oh, and I'm Keith. And if you're still listening, maybe like at Wendy's and us. And <laughs> I don't know, maybe they'll roast us. Wendy's is awesome. I follow Wendy's on stay Twitter. Sa- <laughs> and stay safe, everybody. Because if you're listening to this now, coronavirus sucks. And if you're listening to it in a while, it probably still sucks. But also stay safe. And I'm Liz the Noob, Gamertag, come on, I'm D, and I'm on Liz. And I'm on <laughs> And I'm on Liz. <laughs> and I'm on Liz. And I'm on yeah. Twitter, at Liz the Noob, Noob is I also wanted to say thank you to everyone who liked and voted on my polls. And I'm definitely going to do a poll next time as well. So, and thanks, Keith, for not voting. That poor guy didn't get his game because of you. What, like I had the, the winning vote? You may I have. Be... I kind of forget the votes, but I know they didn't win, and you said you were going to vote for them. But that will be on the poll next time. So if you voted for A Plague's Tale, I think that's what it's called, it's going to be on the poll again. Yeah. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for us. So thank you all. We'll see you again next week. Stay safe out there. Bye, guys. Bye, you.